Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedda from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Facebook's reputation has taken a battering over Russia's manipulation of the social network to influence the US election, say Hannah Kushler and Barney Jobson. Although Mark Zuckerberg initially dismissed the claims of interference, the company has since been forced to take action to tackle fake news and political adverts. But will its measures be enough? This report is narrated by Hannah. Like a shamed company announcing a product recall, Facebook bought full-page adverts in the New York Times and the Washington Post last week in an attempt to shore up its reputation. It was not suspending the social network that has become a ubiquitous news source and multi-billion dollar ad machine, but Russia's weaponization of Facebook to influence last year's US election has raised grave questions about whether Mark Zuckerberg's product is spinning out of control. Facebook's newspaper ads listed nine, quote, immediate actions it is taking to fight any attempt to interfere with elections by using its site. It also vowed to protect what it calls its community. A 13-year-old company that began as a small online playground for college kids to snoop on crushes, today Facebook has more than 180 million users in the US and Canada, a market value of more than $500 billion, and is a source of news for almost half of US adults. But the measures have done little to ease the political pressure on the company. The revelations over Russia's purchase of 3,000 political ads threatened to shake the business to its core. Members of Congress, who used to fawn over Facebook, are realising the limitations of existing regulation. Its self-service platform lets anyone with a credit card buy ads without the need for direct contact with a Facebook employee. A complex algorithm creates filter bubbles that mean no single user has a full view of all the campaigns. Only in the past few weeks have lawmakers realised the potential for misuse. The Russian-bought Facebook ads cost $100,000 and reached 10 million Americans, targeting swing stakes with propaganda on everything from race to guns, to gay rights. And the threat has not gone away. Last month, Russian internet trolls sought to stir up passions in a debate over American football players kneeling in protest during the national anthem, according to James Lankford, senator from Oklahoma. Facebook is scrambling to reassure Congress it can bring things under control, outlining tweaks that will make it harder for malicious actors to buy political advertising and conduct misinformation campaigns. It will now require advertisers to post all of the ads they are running to promote transparency and has plans to hire a thousand more moderators to review their content. But it is yet to persuade politicians that its efforts will be enough or that Russia's meddling does not stem from a deeper structural problem with its business. Adam Schiff, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, which is conducting one of several Russia probes in Washington, says the measures Facebook has announced are 
quote, certainly a start. But, he says, there's probably going to have to be a lot more done to combat this problem. Mr Schiff says ads on social media that are designed to influence elections should carry disclosures about their origins in the same way that ads do on television. And some Senate Democrats are already pushing for legislation to put such requirements into law. But, he told the FT, I think we will continue to see the Russians try to hide their hand. So it's one thing to propose the requirement. It's another to be able to police that requirement. The Internet Research Agency sounds like a government body, but it's actually a Russian troll farm that has used the internet to spread misinformation in the West. The IRA bought more than 3,000 adverts on Facebook promoting its posts. These range from secured borders featuring President Donald Trump clad as Santa and declaring, we're going to say Merry Christmas again, to an ad referencing the Black Lives Matter activist movement specifically targeted at Ferguson in Missouri and Baltimore, where there have been protests over the police shootings of black men, according to US media. The interference by the agency has fueled a brewing backlash against big tech on everything from antitrust to privacy. Google has also found evidence on its sites of ads bought by Russians during last year's US election. While the sheer size of large US technology companies, even those such as Amazon and Apple with little connection to the election, is under scrutiny. But as the largest social media platform, Facebook is the centre of attention. Mr Zuckerberg, founder and chief executive, initially said it was a, quote, pretty crazy idea that fake news on Facebook could have influenced the election, a statement he has spent the last year trying to roll back from. His engineer's version of a charm offensive has included rewriting the company's mission as, quote, bringing the world closer together, launching new products designed to tackle fake news and filter bubbles, and travelling the US to meet users in a tour reminiscent of a campaigning politician. Yet Mr Zuckerberg has not convinced Washington. Mr Schiff says Russia's activity raised an issue that cuts to the core of Facebook, whether it and other companies rely too heavily on algorithms rather than humans to decide which content to promote. He says... It's obviously a very significant issue for the companies because their business model is heavily based on automation and they really don't want to be in the content review business. But to some degree, it's going to be inevitable for them to be able to be good corporate citizens and to make sure that foreign countries aren't interfering in our affairs. One response of the tech industry is to rehearse a well-worn argument against heavy-handed government intervention to curtail free speech online. Ed Black President of the Computer and Communications Industry Association, a lobby group which counts Facebook among its members, says, The internet is a source of freedom and empowerment and protecting that freedom from censorship is an ongoing battle. When the US gives ground in that area, the rest of the world is quick to follow. The industry may find more sympathy with Republicans in Congress who have been reluctant to launch all-out attacks. Daryl Issa, a Republican congressman from California and former chief of a car alarm company, says, I don't do heroes and villains. There are no good companies, there are no bad companies. But you look at their actions and you say there is something here that falls outside current law or what is good for the public interest. Will Hurd, a Republican member of the House Intelligence Committee, says he is reserving judgment on Facebook. He says, The use of social media for nefarious reasons, this is not a new topic. 
As a former intelligence officer, I have dealt with terrorism, ISIS's use of social media to promote their message. The Russia problem set is just a different expression of the same problem. However, Democrats are searching for ways to better control internet platforms, following in the footsteps of European regulators who have been uneasy about the industry for years. Facebook's woes in Washington could be just the start for big tech companies, which face the threat of more investigations on issues including tax, data collection and job destruction, says Scott Galloway, author of The Four, the hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Google. Mr Galloway says, In the next 12 months we're going to see the mother of all fines levied at one of these companies. He adds that it might be from Europe rather than the US. Amazon and Apple were hit with tax demands from Brussels last week. He says, The worm has turned and someone will get elected into office based on a populist attack on one or more of these firms. The clearest proposal of how Congress might regulate Facebook comes from two Democratic senators, Mark Warner, vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and Amy Klobuchar. They propose that platforms with a million or more users be required to maintain a public file of all election ads purchased by anyone spending more than $10,000. Even if such a move deters political campaigns from spending on Facebook, it would not significantly hurt the company. Facebook generated revenue of $26.9 billion last year. Borrell Associates, an advertising research group, estimates that the social network received about $400 million in sales from political campaigns in the year of the US election. Facebook has already responded to the senator's letter by announcing it would require more documentation for people posting, quote, US federal election-related ads. Senator Martin Heinrich, another Democrat, wants the Federal Election Commission to take the lead and has urged it to develop new guidance for online ad platforms to prevent illicit foreign spending. But defining which ads are related to an election will be hard. Although the Russian ads promoted political issues, they did not mention specific candidates. Such an assessment would require additional human intervention, possibly more than the additional 1,000 moderators Facebook announced it was hiring last week to oversee ad content. Ben Thompson, a tech strategy specialist, wrote in a blog post that any system requiring a person to look at every ad would kill Facebook's self-serve platform, upending its revenue model and disrupting an advertising channel for small and medium-sized businesses. However, he said Facebook could make significant changes without hurting the platform. The company should increase requirements for all advertisers, or at least those who spend significant sums or place large numbers of ads, he said. Ben Edelman, a professor at Harvard Business School, agrees, arguing that Facebook could cut out a lot of this work by giving green lights to big brands that buy a lot of ad space, leaving more time to scrutinise suspicious accounts. He asks, Who are these strange little guys who came from nowhere targeting battleground stakes with politically sensitive advertisements? Mr Edelman argues that for 200 years, there has been an expectation that the press would vet stories and exercise reasonable diligence, or be held liable for failure to do that. He says... The typical librarian in an elementary school library has more training than Facebook managers who are the decision makers. The starting point in Silicon Valley is to favour methods that are highly scalable, with no person involved, and to assume that only engineering has an answer. We are seeing, to put it generously, the limitations of that line of reasoning. Even if Facebook can curtail some illegal activity... Critics say there is a fundamental issue with the platform's role of using an algorithm to sell space to the highest bidder. 
Tim Wu, author of The Attention Merchants, says Congress should pass a law to ban political ads and put in place the kind of safeguards they have used to regulate broadcasters. He says, You might have imagined in the year 1950, at the height of the Cold War, that the Soviet Union could have tried to secretly buy ads backing someone a little bit weaker for president or more pro-Soviet Union. But political advertising was highly, highly regulated. But misinformation campaigns using new tactics could still take advantage of Facebook's structure. Mr Wu says, They have a business model which is centred on the resale retention and maximising above all else time on site. It is therefore focused to an astonishing extent on giving people exactly what they want to see and hear. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.